I have a letter for you today from Joseph Cardinal Zen. Here he responds to a letter written by Dr. Roberto de Matei. I attempted to record that for this as well, but it was frankly just too much, so I have a link to that on the sources blog. To the original source, not to a recording. You can read it online. Cardinal Zen is responding to Dr. Matei, taking essentially Vigano's position to some degree, a position with which Cardinal Zen disagrees. I'm sure that won't be a pleasing position to many of you, but I do think it is important that the sides who are, to some degree or another, open to questioning the status quo in the Church, because there seems to be more than two of them, especially the aftermath of the Second Vatican Council and the intentions of the architects of that council, should I think it is important to present their arguments. My purpose in presenting this debate is to really help you and I get to the bottom of it, help you to understand the arguments in this debate, and in general, to help newcomers to it understand that there are prelates trying to get to the bottom of whatever it is that is going on in the church, beyond the things we see Francis or others doing. It's important to understand how we got here, and I've covered that in the past, what the issues are, and what, if anything, can be done, and, frankly, the people doing the debate are the ones who can do most everything about it. I do sometimes get questions from people asking why I don't do content about what we can do. Well, I have. If you want, go look up my videos on the Five First Saturdays devotion. That's the first thing you should probably start doing. Anyway, enough of all that. Here is the short letter of Cardinal Zen. To his credit, I think you'll find this letter a bit easier to grasp than some of the recent ones by other participants in this debate, because some of those have been unnecessarily complex in their language. I had a hard time with some of them myself. So, anyway, enough for me. Um, I cannot read the first paragraph because he speaks about things going on where he's from, and that's just, well, you know. So I'm going to just go right to the... Uh, important part here, which is just one paragraph down. You can read this for yourself. I'll put a link on the sources blog as usual. Without further ado. Teachings of the ecumenical councils are supremely authoritative. I have not studied Vatican II as deeply as Professor de Matei, but from my simple faith, not naive, not acritical, I maintain that the teachings of the ecumenical councils are supremely authoritative, and I cannot think that a part of it will end up one day in the rubbish bin. I think that in this Cardinal Brandmuller agrees with me. Nor do I think that it is right to judge certain conciliar texts as cumbersome and ambiguous. Obviously, certain texts are fruits of a strenuous work to reach an almost total consensus of the conciliar assembly. And in the process, some had to renounce what they had thought was already mature or ready to be pronounced while the majority judged that it was premature or not opportune to make a pronouncement. They were conclusions of compromise, if you like, but not ambiguous. The omission of something which had some believed would have enriched the conciliar teaching does not in itself make that teaching ambiguous. The pastoral methodological change does not necessarily affect the content of the discourse. The professor says that, quote, according to the new pastoral spirit, this way in which doctrine is presented is more important than the doctrine itself. End quote. Such a proposition can be misunderstood, as if the mode of presentation is more important than the doctrine itself, as if the need to present a doctrine well could lead to a change of doctrine. In the opening speech of the Council, Pope John said, quote, The principal purpose of this Council is not 
the discussion of this or that topic or the fundamental doctrine of the church, but rather of the renewed, serene, and tranquil adhesion to the entire teaching of the church in its entirety and precision. It is necessary that this certain and immutable doctrine, which ought to be faithfully respected, be deepened and presented in such a way that it responds to the needs of our time. Thus, it is not that the presentation is more important than doctrine. It is that now we are focusing on studying the presentation, while doctrine is supposed to be secure already. The council was the occasion to attempt the policy of Ostpolitik. Having said this in general, we now come to some details. A. The professor says that Ostpolitik is a daughter of the council. No, the council was the occasion to attempt the policy of Ostpolitik. It did not seem tolerable to completely ignore the existence of authoritarian regimes behind the Iron Curtain to do nothing to come to the help of our brothers. Unfortunately, the effort was begun having almost no information about the situation there. The tragedy was the illusion, afterwards, of having had a great success, of having placed the ecclesiastical hierarchy in these countries on its feet. Cardinal Perelin says, quote, when we looked for candidates for the episcopacy, we looked for shepherds, not gladiators, not those who systematically oppose the government, not those who seek to promote themselves in the political arena, end quote. The fact is that these bishops too often were the servants of these regimes instead of being pastors of the Christian flock. B. The professor says that the speech given by John XXIII at the opening of the council was the Magna Carta of the policy of detente, from anathema to dialogue, setting aside decades of condemnation, to the strategy of the outstretched hand, to the collaboration with the enemy. Yes, the Pope said this candidly, but beware, detente does not mean giving up. Setting aside the condemnations, refraining from anathemas, does not mean approving the errors. The Council, quote, did not say one word about communism, end quote, says the professor. But one would have to be blind to not see a long and clear discourse on atheism, including systematic atheism, in the approach of the church towards this, beginning with, quote, the church cannot help but reprove with open, with all firmness and with, with sorrow such pernicious doctrines and actions, end quote. Was it really necessary to explicitly say Marxist communism? Outstretched hand in collaboration does not mean letting oneself be taken by the enemy, as the Vatican is doing now, unfortunately, not without the consent of the Pope. I also collaborated with the authoritarians. I taught for seven years in many seminaries under their control. They would boast of having opened the door, but I had the real and complete opportunity to teach hundreds of seminarians sound philosophical and theological doctrine without watering it down. I am conservative, but not to the extreme. The professor is concerned that by supporting the Second Vatican Council, I will lose faith from supporters from my cause, the defense of the true Catholic faith in my country. I hope not. I am not in agreement with Archbishop Vigano in his not accepting Vatican II, but I support him in his call for the Vatican to respond to his accusations about the facts. After all, if someone wants to stop supporting me because of what I have said here, I am sorry, but I cannot do anything about it. I am conservative, but not to the extreme. That was the letter of Cardinal Zen on the debate involving the Second Vatican Council and its fruits, such as they are. Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments below. Remember, if you want to read Roberto de Matei's letter or Cardinal Zen's letter, I have links to both of them on my sources blog, which can be found at returntotradition.org. I recommend following me there because sometimes things get a little too touchy for YouTube, and I place audio and video directly there. And also, I you know, I used to uh, post 
uh, guest submission articles to the blog, but haven't gotten any in a long time. So if you're interested, uh, my email address is in the description box. Feel free to send me something, um, as long as it's written reasonably well and you're not promoting unapproved apparitions or things that could get me uh, in trouble, I will generally uh, post it with a credit to you if you want it. Um, and as an aside, I wanted to give a shout out to the new patrons that hopped on board this week, as well as to the patrons who had been involved already. Your support is appreciated, especially in these rather strange times. Anyway, everyone, please pray for the church and for the good prelates seeking a solution to the state of things in the church, even if we personally disagree with their take on it. I mean, at least they're having a dialogue, right? Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.